be fun. This is about the Bible, and I want to talk with you about how the Bible equips us to do a God level of good, a Holy Spirit level of good, a Son of God level of good, a huge upgrade in human goodness. That's what the Bible inspires, catalyzes for us as we journey through our life in Jesus. The Bible equips us with this. In fact, I refer to this building as an equipping center. I don't refer to it as a church. You're the church. The equipping center equips you to be the church on Monday. Filled with the Holy Spirit, going around, doing good, filled with the Spirit, as Jesus did. Anointed of the Holy Spirit, going around, doing good, and healing those that are oppressed of the devil. And the Word of God equips us for that. We have seen that. One of our anchor points for our fellowship is Ephesians chapter 4. God's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, resurrection, Jesus' life, level good. And uh, that's what we're about. That's what we do. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 Uh, My first talking point for this time is that the Bible equips us to do good by first bringing us ever-increasing levels of spiritual and emotional completeness and wholeness and health. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all Scripture, all Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, woman of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, last time we mentioned that the Bible is given to us, and the teaching of the Bible is given to us, the church, that we may be complete and that we may be equipped. Sometimes Christians are not, they're, they're, they go after being equip, equipped for ministry and do lots of good things best they can, but their inner life is not complete. And the, the most important thing that the Bible does for us, when we read it through the eyes of God's love, is that there's a wave of completeness and wholeness and health and tranquility, and bliss, and beauty as a human being. It, it, it lifts us up to be fully human because we are in God's presence, and the Bible and its 7,000 plus promises speaks to that in our lives. It's a, a first wave of favor from God, that's what the Bible says to us, when we read it and we hear it preached. And then out of that, out of that, first that, and then out of that, a second wave hits us, uh, a wave of inspiration, a wave of of equipping, a wave of motivating, a, a personal vision to live a life and a lifestyle through our whole life journey of scattering the goodness of God everywhere we go by Holy Spirit empowered and led um, good deeds. 
And we might think to ourselves, well, I don't really need God to do good stuff. But I want to tell you, the level of good stuff that God wants us to do, we need the power of God to help us. And if we are, if we are satisfied with the goodness and good deeds and good stuff that we do through our day and through our weeks, through our years, through our life journey, if we're satisfied with that apart from God's help and equipment, then we are functioning way, way far at a far less, a lower grade level of goodness than God's intention and destiny is for us for our personal life journey. He wants us to minister out of a supernatural level of goodness that only He can equip us for through His Bible. So the Bible equips us to do good by first bringing us ever-increasing levels of spiritual and emotional completeness, and then, uh, and then that second wave of after that is equipping. We mentioned about the call first is to be a Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet and worshiping, and then the second wave is to be a Martha and be activists for the King. Both. Martha and Mary must live in the same house. So 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Complete, healthy, blessed, blissful. You complete me said Tom Cruise to Renee Zellweger in the film Jerry Maguire. It was a romantic moment, but it's really bad theology because no woman, guys, can fully meet your deepest heart need, and no guy, ladies, can fully meet your deepest heart needs. Only Jesus Christ can complete you. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10, for he who dwells for in him, that is in Jesus Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. We are complete in Jesus. That has been declared over us by God. Uh, at our men's fellowship group last week, one of the main blessings I got from the passage in Revelation 19 that we were looking at, he, that is, Jesus Christ was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. So, we mentioned last time that Jesus is the Word of God. John's Gospel, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Greek word logos. And the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, we can handle the first part easy enough. In the beginning, yeah, was the Word, yeah, God spoke on the first day, and worlds, galaxies came into being. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, yeah. That next phrase, though, so intriguing. And the Word was God. What? There's a shift right there. And then it gets even worse or better, <laughs> and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So you think about this for a moment. 
Would you agree with me that the word spoken in creation, day one, day two, all the way through day six, all these beautiful, this beautiful creation was released. The word of God, that was a beautiful, powerful dynamic, right? God spoke all six days, and the rest of the seventh. Then beautiful, beautiful Jesus is the word, right? But the same word is used in, throughout the Bible. The same word, word, is used for the Bible per se. Just creation word, Jesus in his personhood, and the Bible. What does that tell us? I know it's, a, it's like it defies human logic, but God, he likes to do that. He transcends human logic. He says, he says the word was with God, the word was God. Yes, Jesus, the word was uh, and the word was made flesh and dwelled among us, but yet the Bible is the word. What does that say, my friends? And the word, Jesus, completes us. We stand in the presence of the Bible when we read it and when we hear it preached. There is a call to a huge upgrade in respect for this book because when we stand in the presence of the Bible and read it, the supernatural, miraculous, dynamic, and power of God causes us to stand in the very presence of the Word, Jesus Christ, the living Word, and the powerful Word that was spoken on day one of creation. This is a book that should be honored, my friends, because it completes us. Jesus completes us, and as we stand in the presence of this Bible, this book, God uses it to complete us as it imparts Jesus to us, the word. I love how the Bible operates in my life. I, uh, Thursday last week, I came home in the early afternoon, pulled into my driveway, parked my car, started to walk into the house, and five young 20-something men were walking on sidewalk in front of my house. So I was going to talk to five people that day about Jesus is my goal. Wow, one fell swoop. Here we go. So I stopped, stopped him. I said, hi, young guys. Can I share with you in less than two minutes how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you'd go to heaven? Never know what's going to happen when I ask that question, but one of them says, yes. They all stopped. They'd been visiting, laughing. They all stopped, got real sober, and I shared um, a, a, my, a rendition, a creative rendition of the classic four spiritual laws that have been used for decades. There is a God. He loves you. You've messed up. God solved the problem in Jesus. You've got to call on him to save you. And when I got to that last part, I said, you guys can call on him on your own sometime, or I could lead us in a prayer right now, line by line, and with great courage, and with great boldness and humility, you can call on Jesus to save you right in front of your friends, right now. And if you would like to do that, say this after me. Dear Lord Jesus... I launched into the sinner's prayer. Three of them, very soberly and very loudly, agreed with my line-by-line prayer to be saved. Three of them. 
And, and they were so grateful. As I went back in the house, they were saying thank you to me. And I, I, uh, uh, I appealed to, to them to, to contact a Christian friend that, that, uh, that they know and for a follow-up. That organic connection is the best follow-up. I appealed to them to do that. But I said one more thing before I, before I left them. I said, young guys, I, I too prayed that prayer over 40 years ago. I looked them right in the eye, eyes. And I said, and I have had supernatural joy and peace and love in my inner world every day since. And I can't keep still about it. And they knew I couldn't keep still about it because they had just experienced that. But God was on my voice to them. And I thought later, you know, it is such a wonderful thing to have. And I know there's been, I'm like you, I've had varying degrees of supernatural joy and peace and love working, but it's always been there. My spirit man has always been there. And I could always draw on the reality of the supernatural joy and peace and love that Jesus Christ gives us. And I'm doing that more and more. I enjoy feeling that bliss on the inside. First wave, second wave out of that is the equipping dynamic. My friends, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you a chance to be born from above, born of God, so that you can have supernatural joy and peace and love in your inner world too. Be thinking about that, okay? Okay, the Bible equips us to do good by first bringing us ever-increasing levels of spiritual and emotional completeness. My second talking point, my friends, is that the Bible equips us to do good by inspiring us with the great value God puts on doing good. God puts a huge value just on doing good in the Bible. He establishes it as a God value even in this passage. When he says in verse 17 that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped. Always, 100%, the Bible fully and thoroughly equips us for every possible creative good work that God leads us to do and that we partner with him to do. We are thoroughly equipped for every, every, every good work into our future. That's God's singular intention to communicate to us through this passage. He wants us to remember that he is a good God I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good, and I shout because you are good. You are good to me. It's in his, it's in his DNA, this goodness. And I love the etymology of the English word good. Its root source actually includes the notion of shared goodness, joined goodness, partnered with goodness. Why? I... I think it's, it's just beautiful because God wants to share, partner, and, um, and work with us to impart his goodness to others. God puts such a high value on goodness at his creation. Remember how he completes every single day of creation? 
and God saw that it was good. And at the end of day six, God saw that it was very good. He values his own goodness, the glory of his own goodness. And out of what he does, I am reading a, 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 it's not, it's a, it's a biography through um, audio of the revivalist Jonathan Edwards. And early on, Jonathan Edwards had, uh, in the First Great Awakening, uh, mid-1700s, he had a great delight in creation and how it manifests the goodness of God, the redemptive good of goodness of God in Jesus Christ. He saw every good thing in creation as a pointer to the goodness of the DNA of God and his, the glory of his goodness. Especially color was a main theme for some of his, some of his writings. The fact that, that color doesn't exist inherently in any object, but in fact, you know that if the lights were out and it was pitch black in here, there would be no color, either in your experience or in the reality, these chairs are not gray when it's pitch black. Only when light hits it do they become gray or do they become burgundy or does a green tree become beautifully green. It's when light reflects off it that we get color. And this is a wonderful gift of God that expresses his kindness to us because we enjoy color, don't we? Wouldn't you rather see things in color than in black and white? Have you seen those um, YouTube videos of people that have seen in black and white with special glasses and all of a sudden they see color? It's just like they start crying, it's so beautiful. This is a gift from God to us. Example of his goodness. God highly values goodness and, and delights in sharing it. He likes his angels to, sh to share his goodness. In serving us, they do good things for us. And God says, hooray, my goodness is expressed through the angels and through every single thing we do. Um, it's a plethora, plethora, it's a huge variety of goodness that he can, good deeds. And my friends, the idea here is to not think of it, not take goodness for granted. Don't think of it as, man, I got my worries, I got my goals, and if I have extra time, I'll try to do something good. No, let's put goodness, the goodness of God in the front burner, and in every part of our life, try to express through the journey of our life creative goodness. I preached this sermon last night. It was a good thing I did. I, I worked hard on it. That was a good thing. And the sermon went well. It was a good thing. I immediately went home and told my through a, a, a video link, told my, uh, two of my grandsons a, a story about, a, about two little boys who rode bikes and, and went to Narnia and saved a princess um, from a tornado. It was an awesome story. And they loved it. And, and one of them said afterwards, Grandpa, is that really going to happen to us? So vivid in their imagination. My friends, this was a good thing to do. I'm going to take a couple of uh, young, guy, young kids from the church with their grandpa fishing this afternoon. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to do good things with uh, all kinds of color, right? All kinds of opportunities. It allows us to have, look at me, everybody that's in the room. Look at me if you're joining us on TV. gives meaning to every moment of our lives. Life is not a series of high points with lots of lows in between. If we 
like Jesus, are anointed with the Holy Spirit, Acts 10.38. And our commitment is to go, go around doing good and heal those that are oppressed of the devil. That's a resurrection Jesus life style. Like Barnabas of old says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was a good guy. He was a good man. Look at the variety in Barnabas in the book of Acts. He was a big giver, sold property, laid it at the apostles' feet. He encouraged new believers. He evangelized pre-believers. He developed disciples, both Saul, who became Paul, and Mark, who became the author of the Gospel of Mark. Barnabas delivered money. He went on a mission trip, a couple of them or more. He went after signs and wonders in faith. He gave his personal testimony to his family and friends in Cyprus. And you know what? There's this, this uh, second generation after the apostles document that's been discovered called the Epistle of Barnabas. And I've read it. It's very edifying. It's not the Bible. But you know one of the things that is one of the high points in that little book for me is Barnabas, and if, I don't know if it's written by him for sure or not. I'd like to give the church history the benefit of the doubt as much as possible, unless there's a compelling reason not to. But it says Christians must not get abortions. That's evidence at least. Barnabas, or at least a document from the second century that Christians had that as a value. And the, the abortions had to have been brutal back then. They're brutal now. But even that is a good, good thing that Barnabas did and wrote. So, so far, the, uh, the Bible equips us to do good by first bringing us ever-increasing levels of spiritual and emotional completeness and health and tranquility and bliss. And the Bible equips us to do good by inspiring us with the great value that God puts on doing good. And all of its creative uh, expressions. And thirdly and lastly, the Bible equips us to do good by continual, continually reminding us of our sober duty to use our special gifts to do good. This is not a chastening like a mom would, shame, would maybe shame her kids. You kids be good. It's not that kind of a situation. But there is a vinegar dimension to God's motivation for us to do good. There's honey. God relates to his kids with honey and vinegar. And this is a, so a sober warning, actually. Now, I remind you, as we move from 2 Timothy 3, transitioning into 2 Timothy chapter 4, that in the original Greek, there are no chapter divisions. It's just a one flow of thought between, in fact, there's not even any punctuation. It just, there's not a period at the end of sentences. It just moves right into chapter 4. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, expresses the sober dimension of this doing good stuff, especially as it relates to our spiritual gifts and callings. I charge you. That seems a little bit serious, doesn't it? I charge you, therefore, before God 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul to Timothy, but it's also God to Timothy, and it's God to us because this is God's holy word. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. It includes you and me, Tim, says Paul. It includes you and me, friends, says, says Dan Mickelson in this teaching. Who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Now, Timothy had an anointing and a calling to preach the word. And Paul is saying, that's a gift you have, man. Do not bury that talent. I think of Pastor Bill Ritchie, a line that he often is often used. Hard work always pays off. Always. So stay focused and get after it. There is a dimension of ministry and life the life of the good that flows from duty, not waiting for God to make us feel a certain way. My evangelism, for instance, that's a calling I have, and I, with Paul, say, woe to me if I don't do it. I have a solemn warning over my life that I need to be at this, whether I feel like it or not. And one of, the, one of uh, Smith Wigglesworth's, uh, my favorite quotes from Smith Wigglesworth, the healing revivalist of the 1920s. If the spirit doesn't move me, I move the spirit. We flow, uh, life flows from duty sometimes. And when I, I mean, when I was in, lived in Astoria, it rained so much there. And I would have people in the church say, I don't want to go, it's too rainy today. And I'd just go. I couldn't take, take an umbrella with the rain, it rained, not only rained, it rained sideways. Your umbrellas lasted about two seconds in Astoria area. But I'd go out and rain or shine, mostly rain. And nowadays, man, it's, it's kind of tough talking to people out in the hot sun if I find myself out needing to, to go out in the afternoon. But on, on uh, Saturday, yesterday, I talked to 10 people in about two hours. Not one of them got saved, not one. I went away with great satisfaction in my heart of hearts because I celebrated my gift anyway. It's not up to me to save people. It's up to me to herald the good news. That's an anointing on me. It's up to God to save people. I'm just as, I, I, would, I would have preferred that they all got saved, yeah. But I have a deeper level of satisfaction knowing that, that I operate my life out of values, not emotions. Emotions are poor commands to act. We live our lives by values. And Paul is telling Timothy, another place he says, be instant in season and out of season. And, and your preaching, man, is going to save you. You're going to hear the word of the Lord out of your own mouth as well as your hearers. You're going to be brought to health, wholeness, and deliverance, Timothy, through your own preaching. And part of your own happiness in life is the celebration of your gift. Look at me, friends with no reference to having to achieve anything. So much of life in America particularly, I think, is in the Western culture is we, don't have, we can't feel successful unless we achieve something. And we're trying to go from one achievement to another. And Jesus Christ says, I've given you talents. Do not bury them. Do not live so much in the past in regret. 
Do not live so much in the future with fantasizing about what you hope God will do someday. Don't, don't live in the, entirely in the past. Don't live entirely in the future. But remember that the future only comes to us through today, now, the present. And do something to celebrate your gifting in your personal now. If, if you don't know what your gifts and callings are, then ask a friend. They'll, they'll be honest with you. They might be different than what you thought they were, but anyway. Luisa May Alcott. Uh, I'm going to have uh, quit today with two quotes. It is far better as a duty. This is from Dan Mickelson. This is a quote from Daniel Mickelson. It is far better as a duty to pour ourselves into the good gifts of today than to dream about the great achievements of tomorrow. And Luisa May Alcott, children's book writer. I slept and dreamed that life was beauty. I awoke and found that life was duty. And I want to tell you, my friends, when we go after duty, we also get beauty. Let's stand up. Those of you joining from home on TV today, as well as those that are here in the audience today, those joining on our YouTube channel. I remind those on watching from TV, you could always catch, you could watch this sermon again or any of our other sermons at YouTube channel, New Song Medford, New Song Church Medford, okay? I want to I share with you, I told you I'd give you a chance to be saved. If you're in the audience today and you don't know that you're saved, then call on Jesus, he'll save you. Those of you that are home, at home, Call on Jesus to save you. Say this after me, all together, everybody, to make it easy for everybody else. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive all my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. I call upon you to save me right now. I am saved. I am born again. I am on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus Christ in my heart. My friends, if you prayed that prayer, you're born from above from this point on. Do contact a Christian friend you respect. They will help you grow and tell them what you did today. They will help you grow in your best friend relationship with Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a super week. God bless us. Have a super week to all of us. Thank you for being here today.